G'day friends, welcome back. Squid Game. Squid Game's the new cool show getting around. Everybody likes it. It's a new Korean murder drama. And because it's Korean, it's about modern day society and why it sucks is basically what it's about. It is a mix between Parasite and The Hunger Games. Everybody's saying this is the the best thing going around at the moment. It's fine. I think it's fine. There's, there's nothing... Uh, well, there are some things wrong with it. There are some things wrong with it. It's entertaining enough. Um, I think... You know, I think the premise is fine and I get why people love it. I get why people like it, but I thought it was just fine. Um, basically what it is about, the premise is it is a, a series of games set up by this small group of uber wealthy people. Uh, they are, you know, large scale children's games where they bring in hundreds of people who have money problems. They select specific people and give them the opportunity to play this game. Um, if they can, you know, survive, meaning, you know, if you lose any of the games at any point, you are murdered immediately. If you survive and get to the end, you can win an enormous cash prize and all of your money troubles will be over. That is the premise in a nutshell. I'm going to run through what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, um, why I think people like it so much, and why the old guy chose the star honeycomb rather than the triangle honeycomb. Why did he do that? Hmm, let's find out. Let's get into it. First of all, as well, before I forget, I'll do a spoiler warning. Um, probably should have done one earlier. Just if you haven't seen it yet and you're super keen to see it, what are you doing here? Go watch it first. Watch it and then come back and tell me why I'm such an idiot. Oh my God, how can you not love this show? It's the best show ever. Oh, If you think this is the best show ever, you need to watch more shows. This is a perfectly fine show. It is not the best show ever. It's great for memes is what this show is really really good for memes um i'll just quickly go through the main characters so you know who i'm talking about when i talk about people um the main character is gihun he is a deadbeat dad gambler owes all sorts of different shady people money that's how he gets roped into the games you've got cybiok 
who is a North Korean refugee who is in the games to get money to uh, look after her younger brother and reunite with her mother, who is still in North Korea. Um, you've got Sang Woo, who is a childhood friend of Gi-hun. Um, he... I can't remember what he was doing. I feel like it's like insurance fraud or something. He he was in debt for big bucks. The most that I think we hear of, of all the characters. He had big, deep, deep debt. Um, so you've got him. You've got uh, Doc Su, who is a like a gangster sort of baddie guy who owns other sort of gangster baddie guys money. So that's why he's in there. You've got Il-Nam, who I mentioned before, is the old guy. He is, by a long way, the oldest competitor in the... Actually, don't get a name for the, the death games. The, the, the child murder porn fun times. I don't know. Um, yes, he's a very, very old competitor. He has a brain tumor. He's supposedly trying to win money uh, for his family before he dies and just have a little bit of fun along the way. Um, you've also got Ali, who is a Pakistani immigrant to Korea. Just just on him. So the, the actor playing him is Indian, grew up in India, moved to Korea to pursue his acting career. I can't imagine there are many actors going around who are Indian and speak Korean. Really unique combination. I just think that's a really cool resume he would have. Um, and then there is also Jun Ho, who is a police officer who has a really boring and unimportant side plot. Uh, like a B, C, D plot, which doesn't eventuate into anything. But he's there anyway. So yeah, they're, they're your main characters. Oh, and there's also the guy from, the guy from Train to Busan. If the guy from Train to Busan approaches you in a train station and tells you he can help you win a lot of money, don't talk to him. He was in Train to Busan and you're at a train station. Don't talk to him. It's a big red flag. So how it works is the guy from Train to Busan is a recruiter for these people they, they research and seek out these people who have money troubles. He, you know, locates them, sits down with them, and invites them to play a very simple game to win some cash. Now, there's a cool fan theory around this game. It involves two, envel two square envelopes, European envelopes, if you, if you will. That's a European pillow reference. And what you do is you put one of them on the ground and your opponent piffs the other one at the one on the ground as hard as they can to see if they can get it to bounce and flip over. That's how a very, very simple game. The two envelopes that they have to play with are blue and red. And the fan theory around this is that if you select the blue one and you end up joining in the game, you will be one of the players who wear turquoise jumpsuits. And people believe if you select the red one, you will come in and join, and you, you know, choose to join the game, you will come in as one of the enforcers, one of the guards, one of the workers, whatever, um, which makes a lot of sense. It's a, it's a um, cool thing that someone has spotted there. 
So yeah, Gi Hun is playing this game. Guy shows him that he can win money really easy. He's like, do you want to win even more money? Here's this card with some shapes on it. And basically hundreds of people get these cards and they come in to join the game because they think it's going to be a very simple, very safe, you know, fun sort of game show thing maybe. I don't know what they're expecting where they can win a metric fuck ton of cash. Now, the grand prize is, I think, 50 billion won, um, which is like the, the conversion from Korean money into even US dollars uh, is, is not great. Um, but even 50 billion won is, I believe, still hundreds of millions of US dollars, be even more in Australian. So it's, it's still a metric fuckload of money. It's plenty. It's heaps. So um, that's what they stand to win. So obviously everyone's super keen, super keen big grand prize. Um, they're all knocked out with knockout gas taken to this secret location, which turns out to be an island. Um, they wake up in these bunk beds. They're all wearing the same thing. It's a real weird setup. No one knows what's going on. And they are immediately plunged into the first game after, sorry, after they've already signed a little, you know, tease and see. That's the moral of this show. That's the message they're going for. Read the T's and C's, kids. Read those fucking T's and C's. Even though in this, there's only like three T's and C's and there should be way more because nowhere in it at all does it say if you lose the game you get your fucking head blown off so there's a bit of an issue there i think if the lawyers got involved there would be some discrepancy anyway so they they sign this very simple document that says everybody can leave if there's a majority that says so uh, otherwise you can't leave and then there's some other rule like you know don't take your shoes off if you've got stinky feet or something. I can't remember. But anyway, they all sign this document and they join in the game. The first game is red light, green light. I think we've all played this game. Someone is, you know, up one end of a, you know, basketball court or a classroom, whatever. And they're facing away. And they, they, they say red light, and then they say green light. And it's sort of teaching you how to drive, really. Because when they say green light, you get to go. And when they say red light, you have to stop. And that's it. And you've got to keep moving until you cross the finish line and then you're safe. Right? Simple as that. Um, so when they start playing this game and that first dude and his mate take off like bats out of hell. They're like, oh yeah, we're going we're gonna to fucking win this, mate. We got this. Let's just run as fast as we can. We'll beat these suckers and we'll win the money right now. And off they go. And then the first guy, he tries to stop, he slides a little bit, and then he gets shot. And because he doesn't get his head blown off, he gets shot in the stomach, and he's ahead of everyone. Everyone hears the gunshot and doesn't seem to react. I mean, I've never, you know, seen someone get shot, but I think I'd be able to identify a gunshot, and I'd probably see the muzzle flash if it was, you know, within my periphery. Anyway, so he gets shot, he drops to the ground. No one really knows what's going on. Because they're like, gee, that's kind of strange. Why did he just collapse after that really loud bang? That's weird. And then the big doll up the front says, green light again. And then everyone moves. 
and then someone gets their fucking head blown off and then everyone realizes what's going on and so many of these fucking idiots these fucking stupid idiots they all try to run right so of the 450 odd people who are in the game to begin with like 200 plus of them are killed in this first game because they're idiots right that being said, I reckon way more people would actually die of that in that first game. <laughs> oh, anyway, so yeah, that's the first game. And then it sort of goes on like that. The next game is, I think the next game was Honeycomb, where you have a little disc of honeycomb and you have to extract a certain shape from it. There's different shapes. Some of them are more difficult than others. And you have to do it with a sewing needle. If you break the shape that you're trying to take out, you lose, if you can't take the shape out in a lot of time, you lose, you get your head blown off. Um, there is a tug of war where, where if your team is pulled past a certain point, you just plummet to your death. Um, there is a game where you have marvels and you have to make up your own game. Uh, and then there is some sort of demented fucking hopscotch, which is not like that one, that hopscotch one with the glass is bullshit. It's bullshit because it's completely up to chance. It's totally up to chance. Their whole thing is, oh, it's fair. Everyone's got a fair chance. I suppose when it's down to luck, you do have a fair chance, but you don't have any opportunity to actually win it on merit. It's the only game that's like that, right? There's no amount of smarts or anything or strength or experience with hopscotch that's going to help you win this game. It's really, really, I don't like that hopscotch game at all. Anyway, and then the last game is Squid Game, which is a really interesting, actually, um, children's game from Korea, which is explained in the opening minutes of the show. Um, it's it's quite complicated, but I reckon once you like figured out how it actually works, it would have been a super fun game to play. And yeah, that's it. And then, you know, the characters are gradually killed off, as it were, whittling down to just our main characters left. And then, you know, eventually at the end, it's down to Gihun and Sangwoo, the childhood friends who have to fight to the death until they decide they don't want to fight to death and fight fight to mm, fight to the death anymore. And then Sangwoo kills himself so that Gihun can win, and Gihun wins. He has heaps of money, but he doesn't spend it because he feels bad. And then right at the very end of the show, it is revealed that the old man was behind it the whole time. He didn't die after the marble game. He was running the whole thing because he's fucking crazy. Because he's one messed up dude. He goes from being everybody's favorite character. I actually, when he has that great tactic to win the, hang on, I'm, I'm jumping all over. Wait, okay. Let's talk about the, the old guy, Ilnam, right? Let's talk about him first. So he is player number one, zero, zero, one, right? And this among with, uh, uh, alongside many other hints, are uh, many hints <laughs> that he is actually the, you know, orchestrator, the mm, architect of this whole thing. Um, he is there. He, he does legit have a brain tumor. That is true. Um, but he, yeah, he designed the whole thing for fun. 
his his whole deal, which is so it's so it's it, it's such an interesting choice to have him have absolutely zero redeeming qualities right at the end there after you've grown to love him so much. So his their whole justification for this, right, is that him and a bunch of these fat Americans got so rich, they became so uber wealthy that it wasn't fun being wealthy anymore. Oh, boo fucking who. Oh, it's hard being so rich that I couldn't spend this money if I had a million years to live. Oh, boo hoo. So that's why they create these, you know, death kitty games for pure entertainment. Wow. So, yeah, that, and, and that's why he joins in in the games, because it reminds him of his childhood. It reminds him of his son. It is all for his enjoyment. So the first hint, which, it, which you don't really know is a hint until the other hints sort of start popping up, is that he is player number one. Right. The second hint, which is which you most likely won't catch on the first watch. I didn't catch on the first watch. I had to do a bit of digging um, when they're playing red light, green light. And we get that shot of the the scanning done by the big dull computer eye thing. Everybody gets lit up except for him. He has a little bit of an outline, which is the misdirect. But everyone else has this green overlay and he doesn't get that. So that's another hint. Um, when they're doing the tug of war, he has the perfect method, which, you know, at this point, I suspected nothing uh, when he comes up with that awesome technique of how to win tug of war. He's like, right, stagger yourselves one on either side, one after the other, right? Put one foot on either side of the line, lean back, tuck the rope under your arm, like oh, all that stuff. It was great. It was great. So at that moment, I was like, oh, this guy's the best. And I posted on Instagram, this guy's the MVP, right? And then the next episode, the next game was the marble game. And the set that they build for it is his childhood neighborhood. As he's walking around going, oh, I remember when I used to come home from work and I remember, oh, here's my house. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Is it like... It's, it's so weird. And then I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, he's the bloody, he's organized it all. Otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Right. And while he does have a brain tumor, it's not like he's got Alzheimer's. He isn't shown to have any Alzheimer's like symptoms or any, you know, senior citizen moments. He isn't going nuts. Right. So when he's walking around saying in great detail that he recognizes all these things, I was like, either these guys know just this one player really, really, really well, or it's all him doing it. And when at the end of the Marvel game, he is eliminated and they don't show his death on screen. I was like, oh, it's him. It's fucking him. And then later in that episode, we get a shot of, you know, who, who he, who is of the person who is called the host. And we just see his hands grab one of these bedazzled golden animal masks and their old man hands. And that's the, you know, the giveaway. So, you know, well before the finale, who the host is, doesn't make it a bad twist. It's a pretty good twist. Like it's a cool, it's a cool idea, but it just like, ugh. 
It just sucks because he's he is everyone's favorite character because he's fucking great. He's got this re- he's got this totally out of place enormous smile which he can't wipe off his face throughout the entire games and it's because not because he is safe. I think that's got to be made clear. He is except for in the red light green light because it's important he survives that one. It is important that he has the chance of dying. Otherwise, it's not fun for him. If he's completely safe, he's not going to enjoy himself. He is there to enjoy himself, right? And what what he really likes is that he makes a friend in Gihun, which is kind of nice, I suppose. But yeah, he, he is a chance to die. So when it comes to the honeycomb game, he could pick the triangle, which is the easiest one, but he doesn't. He picks the star, which is probably the second easiest one. So he doesn't want to die, but he wants a little bit of a challenge, right? And when it comes to the tug of war, his technique works very well to begin with, but then they do nearly get pulled over the edge. And if Sangwoo hadn't come up with the technique to um, take a couple of steps forward and let the other team fall over, he probably would have died then. You know, so it's... When you know the twist and you look back, you think, gee, that was actually quite well orchestrated by them. Like, it's a good twist. I'm a fan. There is another twist. Um, You can't see me, but I did a little bunny ears with my fingers there. The twist involving the the side plot with with the police officer and the front man and the organ harvesting. I don't know what was going on there. So, this pull... So... What I should say first is after the red light, green light game, everyone casts a vote on whether they want to return to their normal lives or continue with the game to try and win the money. And a majority votes for them to go home. So they go home, right? The the 200 and something people that are left after the first game go home. And then the thing that I find the most idiotic is that about 98% of them go back like a week later. So they have the, they, are, they know they have the option after they leave that you guys can come back later if you change your mind. And almost all of them go back, which would never, ever in a million years happen. If you've got 200 odd people in this exact scenario, you might get three of them who go back, who are in so much of a desperate situation that they're happy to go back and risk death. But not, it's like 187 of the 200 odd people who go back. Come on, there's no way. They've just seen 200 people get their fucking brains splattered all over the place playing a children's game. They don't know what the other games are. They have no idea what's going to happen next. They've already been lied to. Sorry, not lied to. They've had information, important information withheld. But anyway, in this period between the first game and the second game, while everyone goes home, um, some people try to go to the police, some people don't, yada, yada. But a police officer begins to suspect something is going on because his brother is missing. Now, his brother isn't one of the main characters. He's not someone we've been introduced to, but he's looking for his brother. And he comes across Ki-hun, who is trying to explain to other police officers What's just happened to no avail? They think he's a drunken idiot. 
Um, but he does a little bit more digging and he actually is able to sneak his way onto the island because he, I mean, he kills one of the, one of the guards, takes his outfit, sneaks on and is trying to investigate and uncover what is going on. I believe what happened, this is where I got a little bit lost and I wasn't really paying attention to this part because it bored me to tears. The guy that he takes out and takes the uniform of was involved with some of the other workers in an organ harvesting scheme, which adds to the theory that the people who are um, in the roles of the soldiers or the workers are also hard up for cash, right? Because on top of what they're doing, some of them felt the need to, rather than, inc rather than incinerate the dead bodies as they're supposed to, they would sneak them away, cut out, use one of the participants who was a doctor to cut out the organs in exchange for information on the upcoming games. So they were doing that and this police officer got roped in with that. So he was doing that rather than doing any actual investigating. He's like, I'm trying to find out who my brother is. And he's looking through the player records and all this stuff's happening. And I'm like, this is, this is fine but it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. Eventually he, you know, he's got a phone and he's taking videos and he's, you know, doing all this stuff and he's, you know, about to, you know, it's about to get out. He's about to, you know, let the world know what's happening. And he, and he tries to get away. This front man who's basically like, like he's, he's, he's running the thing, but he's not one of the architects behind it. He's just a guy. He's like the, the, the big henchman, he's, he's like the warden if it was a prison, that sort of thing. So he is controlling all the games, he's controlling all the workers so that the, you know, the higher-ups don't have to do any actual work. And he is pursuing this cop. He realises he's there, he's trying to find him in the facility, realises he's gotten away, he chases him back to another island or to the mainland, um, but he corners him on a cliff edge. And of course, the, the 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 front man turns out to be the policeman's brother, which is the most obvious twist since I don't even know since since Sam Worthington was a Terminator in Terminator since since the end of Twilight didn't really happen. You know, you you name it. It, it was so obvious. And the fact, like, so he kills him is what he does. The front man shoots his brother after revealing that he is his brother to his brother. Knowing he's his brother, he shoots him. And he falls off a cliff and he's fucking dead. Oh, okay. Like, and we never find out if the texts he sent to his police captain got through. It's never revealed. And, and the end of the show does set up for a second season, so maybe it will get followed up on. But, you know, within this season, I would have liked to have had a bit of a resolution to that, you know. Maybe, you know, the police showing up at the island at the end and, you know, them having to relocate to continue the game somewhere else. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, just sort of fizzled out that storyline and it, it was compelling to, you know, to think, oh, maybe they are, they're going to get taken taken down from the inside, you know, something cool is going to happen. 
and nothing cool really happens. And the organ harvesting was just strange. I didn't, it wasn't explained why they were doing that other than it was just to get more money. Um, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was all quite odd. Um, so back to everyone leaving and then coming back. It would never in a million years happen. It, it's something that, like, I kind of get why, I get what they're going for. And there's now been a number of different films and shows done about the awful class divide in Korea. Right? It's a big problem. But, but basically what this movie is saying is that capitalism is so bad that the best option for all of these people is to go back and kill each other rather than trying to work out their problems in a conventional manner is basically what they're saying. That almost all of these people did not see any better alternative than going back and having a a one in 200 chance of not dying. <laughs> like, like seriously, it, th this show is not that bad other than just a couple of really, really like unbelievable things that people do. There is a comment made by Cybiok, who's the, the girl from North Korea, um, at one point, she's explaining to one of the other characters why she chose to come back. It's because, you know, she says something, you know, something to the effect of, you know, I came here from North Korea because I thought it was going to be better. Now I'm not so sure. And she's basically saying that she may have been better off staying in North Korea rather than coming to South Korea. I've never been to North Korea. I've never been to South Korea. I've never been to Korea. But I have a feeling that South Korea is probably a better place to live. You probably have more opportunities. You're, you're probably safer just getting about your business day to day than you would be in what is effectively a, a country-sized prison camp, basically, you know. It's, you know, one of the most totalitarian states that has probably ever been. It's not a good place, North Korea. Like, there is such poor, like, food availability and quality that the people's, you know, the people in the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, their growth is stunted. Like you look at the people from North Korea stand next to a regular person and they're like a foot shorter. It is not a good place. It is a very, very bad place. Dennis Robin would disagree with me, but you cannot deny it is an awful, awful place. And the fact that this girl says that she may have been better off there. Like I said, I'm not an expert. I don't know everything about the class divide in South Korea, but I find it so difficult to believe that it's better in North Korea under that regime than it is in South Korea under, you know, 
capitalism. I find that very difficult to comprehend. Anyway, just another thing on the game actually being extremely unfair. So, yeah, so when they sign that, you know, that agreement, it does not say that if you lose a game, you die immediately. And, and this is one of many little tweaks, loopholes that the creators use to make the games more entertaining for the, for the fat Americans who fund the whole thing, basically. Uh, well, it's a, it's a bunch of Americans and one Chinese guy, I should say. And they're not all fat. That's, that's a generalization. How dare you, Joel? Um, so yeah, that there's the, the withholding of that information later on in the show, they deliberately withhold food from the group, um, to start a fight in which someone is killed, which is, you know, meant to make the contestants realize that they can murder each other outside of the games to make it more likely that they will win the cash prize at the end which starts a all-out midnight battle royale basically so every because so, at this point all the all the people have sort of formed their own little posses the little cliques the little groups um so basically they they turn the lights off for everyone to go to bed and then a bunch more people get killed like another 80 people or something get murdered in this all out brawl with, with, you know, they, they start pulling the bunk beds apart, using them as weapons. They, and this was the point where I really like, why do people love this show? This is just people killing each other because they're shit people. Another, another message I think this show is trying to get across is if you get 456 people in a room together, like three of them are going to be good people. Seriously. Oh, dear me. So yeah, there's that, which is just horrible because it's, you know, it, there's no context that, you know, that in any way justifies this killing. It's not part of a game. It's not anything, right? It's not some tactic in a game to cheat a little bit. It is just, it's fucking bedtime. And you're making shivs and stuff to go and murder everybody else. And in this scene, there is another hint that the old guy is running it all because he's the one who gets up on top of one of the bunks and is like, everybody, please stop. And only at that point does the front man actually tell the guards to go in and stop the killing, which is interesting. Oh, so yeah, there's that. There's... Oh, there's another character I forgot to mention. I've forgotten her name. I can't be bothered looking it up now. Um, but she's a crazy lady. So she is not sort of, she doesn't become a main character until like episode two or episode three. She is from memory. She's the first one after red light, green light to beg that they get to go home. She's like, please, I don't want to die. Let us go home. She's groveling. She's, you know, please, please. She's crying. And then she is obviously one of the people who returns to continue playing the game. And suddenly she's a fucking psycho. She's a crazy bitch. She sleeps with the mobster guy to get in to be part of his group. But when it comes time for tug of war, he chooses a team made up only of men, which is pretty smart. 
Um, and she's obviously not part of it. So she joins up with Gihan's group, but they don't like her because she's crazy and she's, you know, being part of the other guy's group. So when it comes time for Hopscotch, she kills herself and the mobster guy um, just because she didn't like him, which is not the best reason to just murder somebody. He was not a good person and she was not a good person either. So I'm glad they died. Just so yeah, just with that hopscotch game. So how it works is it's these, oh, this is another thing I want to fucking talk about. The, they, the, the rules for some of these games are very vague, ambiguous. Um, some of them, it's pretty cut and dry. If you move when it's red light, you're going to get shot, right? But with this hopscotch game, so how it works is there's panels of glass next to each other. And they, again, there is a perilous drop beneath. Same with tug of war. If you fall, your spine's going to compress and you're going to be jelly, right? So it's, yeah, suspended. The, this, these two bridges with just panes of glass spread out that go all the way across, right? One piece of glass is going to break if someone stands on it. The other can hold the weight of two people. So... And, and they are, um, they select numbers before they go in. So there is, you know, numbers one to 16. There's 16 people left at this point and they have to walk across in that order and hope that they step onto a piece of glass or a, a pane of glass that isn't going to shatter and they can make it across and continue playing. So this game, first of all, is completely up to luck, as I said before. Um, it, it's, you know, it's completely out of place it is also the first game that we see uh the, the you know the rich americans actually watching live uh which is interesting because it's you know definitely the most fucked up and would be the least entertaining to watch i gotta say <laughs> um but then there's another moment in it where the creators cheat again which is just annoying if you're going to say you want it to be fair have it be fucking fair seriously like the front man murders some of the other workers because they, you know, they, they taint the uh, integrity of the competition. But then when they're doing this glass panel game, one of the guys used to work with glass. So he can sort of look at the, get a side on view of the panes of glass when he's up to, you know, the choosing the next one to step on and he can tell by looking at it by the way the light is reflecting through it which one is tempered and which one is not which one he's going to be able to stand on and not die once they realize he's doing this they turn the fucking lights off so he can't tell that's not fair at all he had an advantage he should have been able to use it oh, i think that was bullshit anyway 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 I really like Dali. He's a good character. He's one of the one of the many characters who die in the marble game. The marble game is so fucked up because you know they they before the game begins, before they know what it is, they're like find a partner, and they think it'll be a partner activity. So you want to you know try and form a good team. So there's a husband and wife that form a partnership. There's lots of friends that form a partnership, including Ali and Sangwoo. And basically, once they get into the game room, they realize that one of them's going to lose out of every partnership 
and be killed. So that husband and wife walk into that room and realize that one of them's going to die and it's going to be the other one's fault. That's fucking brutal. That is fucking brutal. Um, and yeah, one of the deaths is Ali, the, the Pakistani guy. Sangwoo tricks him and steals all the marbles off him, which is so fucked. It's so rude what Sangwoo does. I'm glad that he doesn't win because he was one of the worst people in the game. One of the worst. He's a shithead. He's a shithead. Anyway, yeah, so like I said before, the series ends with a pretty obvious, you know, intention to continue. Uh, Gi-hun, like I said, he wins the money. He feels too guilty to spend it. Uh, his, his daughter, who, you know, he doesn't have a great relationship with prior because he was a degenerate gambling addict, whatever. She's gone with her mother to America to go to school or some shit. I don't know. So he's about to fly off to America to spend time with her. But when he's on the train on the way to the airport, he sees the guy from Train to Busan again sucking in some other poor sucker. And he goes to confront him and he disappears onto a train and he stops that other other dude from getting the card to ring the number and join the game and whatever. And then... Just as he's about to board the plane, he decides, no, I want to make a second season of this, of this show. I'm going to take him down. He's like, I'm coming to get you. Which, you know, it's pretty cool. I, I would watch another season of this. Um, especially if it was not about people making ridiculous, stupid decisions. Um, I would watch it again if it had different games. If they just do the same six games again. Yeah, we don't want to, don't want to see that. Um... Yeah, I think the show overall is quite entertaining. I get why people like it. I think its message is a bit muddled. Like, Parasite... Parasite was so good because the story was fantastic. The The screenplay was absolutely brilliant. It was shocking. It was eye-catching. Um... Squid Game is this as well, but Squid Game just doesn't... It, it's it's just a touch too silly. That the characters... The, the thing about the, the poor family in Parasite is that they were really likeable. All these people who are part of the game have got... Except for um, Cybiok, the girl from Korea, they're all there because they fucked up. They're all there because... They're so shit at life, they've put themselves in this situation. Now, addiction is a real issue, and it's rare that it's that person's fault, but still, they're, you know, they try to make some of these people heroes, some of them likable. Gi-hun is, you know, he's, he's a noble person, um, but he is still very ready, right up until that last moment, to murder his childhood best friend. Um, just because, you know, it's it's... There's a lot of really mixed messaging for me. I don't know. And and he deliberately tricks the, the old man while they're playing the Marvel game. And he calls him out on it because he thinks he's, you know, having a senior moment and not realizing he's being tricked. And then later on, he's like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you're so good that you would deceive your friend and old man. He's like, oh, shit, I'm caught. You know, he's he's 
he's, he's noble in some moments and just a complete useless prick in other moments. Like he gets his daughter for a birthday present, a prize out of a claw machine. He doesn't even open it. And it's a pistol lighter. Like, come on, Gihun, get your shit together. But he's, you know, he's obviously, you know, set up. He's, he's going to be like a John Wick character in the second season. He's going to go in there and fuck them all up. Maybe he'll inject himself into the games again and try and, you know, infiltrate them. I don't know. He'll try and be one of the one of the workers or something. I don't know. But yeah, the show's fine, except for the, you know, the, the really, it's an interesting stance to take on capitalism. Like a, a lot of people in, in the Western world, um, feel very disenfranchised for all sorts of different reasons. But yeah, just when they, when they made that comparison between living in North Korea and living in South Korea, I was like, that is just a touch too far. To, to make that comment, I thought, um, like, like, especially in South Korea, when you are behind in the world we live in today, it is hard to get ahead. It's really hard. Some people are born really lucky. It's not their fault. Some people have really good ideas and become wealthy. Some people work really hard and get wealthy. Some people are born with bad luck and they got to work even harder. And some people can't get out of that bad luck and they're stuck in a cycle like life can be really hard if you're dealt a, a bad hand, but I don't think there is anything that justifies like this mass scale murder. And and I think if you were part of these games and you did win like Gi Hun wins, you like if you were any kind of a regular person, you would react like he reacts. Like he spends twelve months just feeling miserable about it. He hardly spends any of the money that he wins, he withdraws 10,001, which I don't know, it's like 50 bucks or something. And then he apparently doesn't like the bank that all the money is registered with has him come in. Cause they're like, why aren't you spending your enormous wealth? Is there something that we can help you with? So I think that is definitely a very real and human reaction that he has because it's not okay at all what what happens but i definitely understand why people like watching this why the hunger games are so popular because you know you, so you you think that you would do well in these situations like oh man if i was i would win that game so good i would murder all those people like oh you know you're in the hunger games oh i could easily kill a bunch of other children I'll just give me a bow and arrow i'll hide in a tree no one will find me. I would win so easily. I'd be so good at it. You know, everyone likes to imagine themselves. You know, it's very primal to imagine yourselves in that sort of situation, thinking that you do good, you know. And it's the same reason that people like reality TV. You know, you think, oh, man, I, I wouldn't have done that. You know, oh, it's so cringe that person just did. You know, that they like seeing other people fail they like all of that stuff i don't know it's it's i think the commentary that comes from how popular the show is is more interesting than the commentary the show is trying to make itself i don't know i might be too harsh but it just 
you know, for the, for something that's meant to be the new Tiger King, the new, you know, cultural phenomenon, it's just meh. I thought it was fine. Um, if you want to see, you know, a really, really good piece of art about the cultural divide in Korea, watch Parasite. That is a, that is an absolute masterpiece. I will say that. Yeah, I haven't got a whole much, a whole lot uh, else to say. Definitely give the show a watch if you're interested. It's perfectly watchable. Um, yeah, I just think it's not as strong in terms of you know commentary on society as other things have been. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch a, a bunch of people get killed playing kids' games, go for it. But that's another thing. Um, I read an article the other day about a Sydney primary school who was worried that when kids would return from lockdown that they would play games that they had seen in Squid Game and hurt each other. First of all, why in the holy fuck would anyone let their children, their primary school aged children, watch this show? If kids are in any way being exposed to this show... When they're that young, there is much bigger issues going on. Parents need to be much more diligent. Um, and I, I was sort of—I hadn't finished the show at that point. And I was going through. I was like, oh, I mean, tug of war is not that dangerous. And red light, green light's not that dangerous unless you have a sniper rifle. I'm like, oh, honeycomb—that sounds sort of kind of nice. You get to eat some honeycomb. Um, and then I got a better understanding of how Squid Game itself works. And one of the rules or lack of rules basically is that you can do anything you want to your opponent. Anything you want. If you have a knife, you can stab them. <laughs> you can do anything you want. That's inside the rules. So, yeah, if kids in primary school start playing Squid Game, it could get a bit problematic. But the bigger problem would be that children at all are watching this show. This show is not for kids. It is not for kids. His, his poor mum dies of diabetes. This is not for kids. Anyway, that'll do for this one, guys. Thanks heaps for listening. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave me leave me reviews if you do or don't. Leave me a review, especially if you don't like what I'm saying. I would love to read some negative feedback. Actually, don't. It would break me. Um, remember to follow the podcast on Instagram at timespent underscore podcast. Got another Netflix series review coming up soon, which will be of Midnight Mass, um, which is which came out around the same time that Squid Game is and is much better than Squid Game. And it's a shame that Squid Game is so much more popular because Midnight Mass is fucking excellent. So yeah, I'll be doing a review of that soon. And yeah, stay tuned if you're interested in that. Thanks heaps for listening, guys. I will catch you next time. Bye.